Hey ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, episode 110, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. As always, I'm your host, Jared Weich, alongside Jordan. Greetings, Jared. How are you doing? <laughs> doing fine, and dumb. For the last time, at least in the foreseeable future, praise the sun. Praise the sun. Oh yeah, because we're... What are you... So Spider-Man's next, and there's is there, is there anything close to Spider-Man that you're going to be picking up? Da, da, da. Uh, actually, I started it. We'll get it. Actually, what, let's get right into what we've been playing. Speaking of, uh, <laughs> let me just grab the steering wheel real quick. Let me, let me just grab that and pull this over. Yep. yep. So, uh, uh, God of War Three Remastered was free on PS Plus. So I already started that today. So that's what else I'm going to be getting into uh, alongside. Nice. Probably, probably we'll take a break uh, and do Spider Man, but that, that shouldn't take too long. And then I'll get back into God of War Three. So, cool. Yeah. So oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Hold on a second, Tom. So you just basically said to me, yeah, yeah, Spider-Man's coming out, I'll get through that, but then I'm getting to God of War 3, bro. Well, I mean, yeah. That, <laughs> That's I mean, what you just of... said. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> but I can't wait to play this PS3 game, bro. Like, I this remaster, <laughs> it's awesome, dude. 1080p, Yeah, man. that Sony exclusive coming out with Spider-Man, it looks all right. I'll get through it. I think he was just phrasing it because, like, the subject of the I'm sentence was shit. God of War Three. You know, shit. no, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm ready for Spider-Man, dude. Like, come, like, let's go. Like, let's fucking, let's just go. Let's get Spidey in this thing. Changing your tune. So, so God of War Three is what you've been playing at all? Like, it's the only thing you've been playing. Uh, well, I mean, okay. Man, I'm I'm jumping all over the place here. So I've finished. You Dark grabbed Souls. the steering wheel. You you took over. And you're you like, didn't yeah. know where you were going, dog. <laughs> just grabbed the wheel and just yeah, closed my eyes and hit the gas. Uh, yeah. I finished up Dark Souls remastered. Got the platinum. Like I said, praise Hell the yeah. sun. Oh man, that was some work. Plat, plat. Good job. Yeah, that's that's just some work, man. But you know persevered probably did it in about half the time that like they expected because obviously i'm going through like you know psn trophy guide list or whatever and they give you like estimated time you know 90 plus hours i'm i I assume i did it around 60 just because that's what experience does in that game when you can just you know run through playthroughs and you know exactly where to go and things like that Uh, yeah but yeah so it wasn't wasn't as bad as it could have been for for a newcomer but i'm glad that was the first time i uh, got that that ultimate trophy or whatever. I got pretty close on 360 back in the day, getting all the achievements, but never quite hit it. So I'm glad I got that, you know, crossed off the bucket list. So, did you ever get the plat for Salt and Sanctuary? I yes. don't remember. Yep, yep, yeah, I did. did. Okay, it's a good one. Too. I would count that. I would count that in the Souls category. So that's another mm-hmm. one to check off of, like the franchise plat list. Yeah. Um. Definitely. Is that is that everything? Anything you read or watch of note that you wanted to mention? read watch uh, Ozark like I said I, I watched the first episode of the new season I mean there's one episode is pretty good man I think there was something else I watched but I can't can't remember but yeah I I got like two hours into God of War 3 it's a very different game than the last one that came out but uh, it's pretty cool it's pretty epic and visceral I think I mean I like I killed I, spoilers for it ps3 game i guess uh i killed poseidon with my bare hands like and it you know you have the big epic fight with him and then at the end it goes into like first person perspective from poseidon as kratos beats him to literal death yeah it was extremely like whoa holy shit (laughs) kind of a yeah okay battle man yeah 
it's so cool because you end God of War 2 climb, literally climbing up Mount Olympus with Gaia and other Titans and you're on their back. I guess you haven't played the first two games, have you done? No, I'm not actually. So this is a yeah, weird so, spot. Oh, wow. Yeah. So wow. yeah, the uh, the very end of God of War 2 on PS2 is you climbing up on their backs and the very beginning of God of War 3 on PS3 is you climbing up their backs on Mount Olympus. So, it, it, I mean, you know, it butts up right next to each other. And um, it's really cool because you start uh, at the end of God of War 2, you start going up the mountain, you're like, oh, shit's going down in God of War 3. And you start up God of War 3, you know, to you, going back from the God of War reboot on PS4, it may or not have been the same. But for me, when God of War came out on PS3, I was like, oh, shit, we're doing this Mount Olympus thing. And you beat the fuck out of Poseidon, dude. That battle is yeah. crazy. It yeah, was awesome, but no, I could definitely feel what you're talking about. That makes a lot of sense because you well, just in the scale, yeah. Well, I mean, this game just starts and like you yeah. just drop down and, and Kratos is like Zeus, let's go, like bring yeah. it, like just yeah, calls like him you, out. Like, you oh, fight shit, Poseidon like five minutes into the game, so yeah. which you start a, uh, several God of War games with a boss battle. It's not crazy, but you know, yeah, it's it's epic. But that's all. It's, the best adjective I can give it so far. Yeah. Epic and visceral. Just yeah, God of War 3 is fucking awesome. I bet it looks good. It's probably got like 60 frames a second and all that. I mean, it, it's a PS3 game, but... Sure. Yeah, yeah, it's really smooth and the resolution's really high, but it's kind of like, uh, yeah, it's still... An, it's You can tell it's an old game, but not to not to any fault, really. Mm. Yeah. So. Well, it's, it's funny that you haven't played 1 and 2 and I've, I haven't ever, I've never played 3. Or oh, four, nice. technically. Yeah, so it's really cool to see that. Um, is that everything, Doug? I think so. I'm probably missing something, but uh, whatever. Watching more Clone Wars? Yeah, yeah, I'm still going through yeah. that. Um, yeah. I'm into the, I mean, You Know Who is back now. and He's, you know, getting his, his thing going. It's there. been long enough. You don't need this. You don't, you can, I think you don't we can talk about, what is it, Darth Maul, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so... Um, <laughs> I actually, uh, we were just talking about uh, Dark Knight's Metal before uh, the comic book event from DC before the show, and uh, when you're reintroduced to Darth Maul in the Clone Wars, he's this crazy fucked up dude living in this weird hovel, and he's, you know, been chopped in half, because that's what happened last time we saw him, and the bottom half of his body is connected to this fucking spider body. Yeah, I did not see that coming. They did that in Dark Knight's Metal with the Flash, and I was like, "Oh God, not again! I hate this. Why? Why are we doing this again?" So yeah, it's a fucked up situation because his like his made up brother, like his I guess the Night Sisters kind of like take his DNA or his essence and birth him a brother that's already an adult, you know, or whatever. You know, it was weird. So yeah, I watched through all that stuff too, and from what I could tell, they didn't. I mean, they just kind of go into this village where all that species i don't even know what they're called i can't remember night sisters um, well not them but the men right the, the darth oh, the uh whatever they're called is it Zabrax? day brothers there's abrax yeah whatever Zabrax. they are yeah the night sisters just kind of go into that village and like have a little competition and be like which one to use the strongest and then they take him and that's his brother apparently right. they never even got into at least not yet you know how he was born or how they're literally brothers or not i it's not been explained yet at least but yeah. uh, his brother's a cool character too how that came along uh, right. Both of them are really interesting. We could talk a lot of, about it a lot more, but it's, but you're just at, you're in at an interesting spot in the series. I mean, yeah, Darth Maul it's, coming back. It's definitely the most interesting spot because uh, there's like the first few seasons, like there's some campy 
I mean, it's mostly like campy and childish. But now, like, okay, there's like some more interesting stuff going on. And obviously, yeah, Darth Maul was cool. And even though I knew he he was gonna pop in here, um, first seeing him, like, like, yeah, all like mentally destroyed and attached to the, that spider leg thing was like, holy crap! Like, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. Watching that, if you but. if you want are like compelled enough to watch his storyline it's actually crazy how his storyline continues from that into rebels which is you know disconnected by years but they actually just okay. continue that storyline and um ends up um uh, it's hard not to spoil stuff but i'm just not even gonna get into there where he like yeah. where we've seen him recently and all that stuff there's just a lot there's a lot <laughs> i know what you mean anyway but um um what I was going to say is, uh, one thing, if you're having a little trouble with the headcanon, believing stuff, I thought it was cool. I read a comic that they did, and they basically explained that when he gets cut in half by Obi-Wan and falls down that shaft, that shaft leads directly into Bacta tanks, which are like the floating tanks that they get sick and they like float around in, uh, like Luke Skywalker does for a while in the movies. And so... Um, and then, of course, he gets cauterized. Like, the wound is cauterized when he's chopped in half because it's a lightsaber. And so I was like, oh, I mean, it's definitely, like... He was definitely supposed to die in that moment in the movie. Like, George Lucas wasn't thinking about fucking Clone Wars down the road or whatever. Right. But it, it's like, okay, if you're going to do some weird bullshit, basically, like, comic book bullshit uh, to bring him back, then I guess it makes sense if he was cauterized. Like, you could be, like, a torso if you're cauterized and then... Uh, of course, he falls right into the back to tank. I was like, yeah, okay. Well, all right. Fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I first heard about him having, like, the spider leg thing, I was like, interesting choice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't last um, very long, I'll say that much. It is wacky, uh, and and I will say, they do a good job of making him, like, almost scarily insane. Like, he's yeah. way, way out there. So that part's cool, but uh, the spider legs don't last long, as goofy as they are. I say it's one of the most solid go-to horror noises, like the sound of a spider crawling somewhere. Yeah, and yeah. it's an A plus. And especially when it's like metal leg, so it's like yeah, ping, ping, ping. Yeah. yeah, terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, is that everything done? Yeah. What like what you guys been playing, man? That was a while. You, I went. You want to go? You want to go next, Jordan, or you want me to go? Sure. I, I shouldn't take too long because I didn't play a whole lot. Played some uh, a little bit more Final Fantasy VII on the PlayStation Four oh, computer yeah. entertainment system. Um, I'm now past the Midgar point. I'm out into the world map, and that's where I save my game and stop. That's my stopping point. So um, I'll be jumping back into that, I'm sure, uh, once I finish up this stupid Spider-Man game. Um, and then <laughs> I've been uh, finished up watching Young Justice Season 2. Uh, we mm-hmm. talked about that, um, Jared, and I'm definitely awaiting. Was it you and I that talked about, like, Young Justice Season 3 was supposed to be this fall, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. When it was originally they, announced, yeah, so it was supposed like, to be this When I falling. started watching it, I was expecting to be able to watch season three pretty much directly after season two. And then, of course, like, finishing up the last few episodes, I hear, yeah, they're not doing it till next year. So I'm like, Jesus Christ, that sucks. Cause... But think about the people who watched season one and then had to wait for season oh, two and then had to wait for season oh, I know. three. Yeah, there's been, it's crazy <laughs> how people, like, this is another one of those examples. If you ever have something that you love that you're like, man, I wish that would come back. Man, I wish we could get a sequel. Man, I wish we could get a reboot. Like, fucking let people know because another example, Clone Wars is another example. It's like, shit gets canceled. If there's enough people out there that really fucking want it and are vocal about it and are pushing it, 
it's gonna fucking happen. And like I said, that happened with Clone Wars twice. Bring really. Darth Maul back to life, yeah. It's really happened with Clone Wars like multiple times now because they brought it back for the last season on Netflix uh, when they were like ramping down to go work on Rebels, and then they brought it back again now. Um, and yeah, basically same thing for uh, Young Justice. People were I remember people talking about how they were putting on Young Justice on Netflix, even though they'd already seen it, and just like either leaving it on the background or like muting it and turning the TV off and just like letting Netflix play just to like wow show people show Netflix that it's yeah. being watched and all that and that um, I gotta give a shout out to that community because this show is really fucking amazing the fact that it was ever cancelled is ridiculous um, man can you imagine yeah. being one of those people that like had it looping on Netflix for that purpose and then like yeah. and you got what you wanted right yeah, yeah you're exactly. like oh god this is what Michael Huber must have like right. realized <laughs> no that's what I'm saying I'm like I've had certain like uh, things with that because we're just getting so much of the things that a lot of people have been asking for for so many years at this point um, my thing a lot of times comes with like blu-ray remasters of old shows or movies like we just got samurai jack remastered we're just about to get uh batman the animated series remastered so i'm like pining like if shit is not in hd and it's like a classic series or movie to me i'm all about uh pushing for that so yeah if you're passionate about something like that i just wanted to say like fucking do it because with the age works. of the internet that we're in for better or worse it like works. everyone has a voice right, right. so it's right. like it's uh, it's know, better and past, worse it's pros and cons you know that's one of the pros exactly because usually a lot of these decisions are handled by people in a room that don't really listen to outside noise. But the fact that we have social media now and we can have such a loud voice, it's like it's it'd be a dumb business practice for them not to hear it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. And really when you think about it, even if that hadn't been the case, it's like DC. You're making a streaming service and you have this beloved show that only went two seasons and was about to continue on. Like they're teasing new stuff for season three and the end of the show. So it's like... That would be, to me, if I'm at working at DC, building DC Universe streaming, it's like, well, that's clearly on our fucking lineup, by the way. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's way, an easy uh, pull for the, the lineup for the first year or so. Yeah, you've already got it ready to go, basically. Like, you have the license and all that, but... Um, besides that, let's see... Um, I've continued watching Justice League as well. Uh just about finished with season two and did i tell you guys about how like every episode every episode is uh like a multi-part episode yeah i'm just like i'm still amazed because i'm watching these episodes and like really they are like 40 minute chunks because they're usually part one and part two and i'm just like god damn they're like the level of storytelling that they were on um which clearly is a big influence even to shows like young justice today uh was was really great and obviously they started that with batman the animated series which is obviously on the level of justice league um but yeah i'm just amazed at this show man it's still gorgeous the blue ray blu-ray remasters which this was actually one of those first shows that um was actually on my list wish list and got a remaster back in the day um but yeah big shout out to that um obviously i'm i'm uh knee deep in this like comic book superhero uh, binge that I've been going on for quite some time actually now um, it was anime before that I'm sure it'll be video games here before too long but uh, yeah just really enjoying that and uh, once I finish Justice League season 2 I might actually hop into Batman Beyond before I go back to Justice League Unlimited um, because those two shows actually end up crossing over so 
That is actually, I need to be more vocal about that because uh, holy fucking shit do I want a Batman Beyond Blu-ray remaster. But don't need to get ahead of myself. We're still just about getting the uh, Batman the Animated Series here in about a month. So um, anyways, also I was telling Dom that I uh, finished Ozark uh, Season 2 and holy shit, man. I'm starting to think that might be the best show on television. Like... Season one was so solid, and I saw a lot of people that were like mixed on it, which I was, I was thought like people were crazy. Um, I do kind of see it at this point. It's kind of a breaking black, breaking bad clone in the ways that we have like Dark Souls clones, video games type of thing with Salt and Sanctuary or whatever. Um, because it's basically like a straight laced dude who ends up, uh, you know, being like really entrenched in like this whole cartel system and these these illegal operations. Um, it's kind of like that one bad day type of thing, if you think about it. Um, so, I'm definitely enjoying it, though. Like, that doesn't bother me because I'm just really into, like, crime dramas and, um, you know, like, black... Mar- Anytime you like, dealing with black market or, like, oh, we're going to launder this or we're going to, you know, find a way to get this thing that's, like, illegal in seven countries, I'm like, fucking bring me along for the ride because that's a story I want to watch. I love... I just love watching like crime drama for whatever reason. Um, probably because I'm a degenerate criminal by night and you won't even know about it. But, <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, this show is just fucking amazing, dude. Like the last line is still haunting me. Like I've thought about it multiple times today in the way that you were talking about the last line of Punisher, Jared. It's on that level. Um, and this show is so beautiful and the acting is just out of this world, especially Laura Linney and Jason Bateman, who are the two main leads, um, just knock it out of the park every episode. And then actually I want to look up as I'm speaking, I'm going to look up this girl's name. Uh, her character name is Ruth. Yeah. She's uh, in good. the show. Yeah. And she plays this younger girl of this like redneck family that, uh, Jason Bateman's character kind of, you know, fucks around with in business and stuff. And her name is Julia Garner. Fucking huge shout out to her. I originally saw her in uh, The Americans. And she did a really good job in The Americans. She was like the daughter of this politician who uh, one of the main characters was like um, having kind of this weird pseudo relationship with so that he could be in her house and like, uh, you know, be like putting stuff in her dad's briefcase and shit like mic microphones and stuff. Um, so that was an interesting role that she played really well, but now she's like knee deep in acting, like acting her ass off, I should say, uh, because, um, like there's lines that she gives, there's little monologues that she has, there's just scenes that she's in and she's just, I mean, uh, like wrecking me emotionally because of some of the shit that's going down and the way that she's handling it, her, you know, her character is handling it and all that, so... Um, huge shout out to her because she's obviously like um, she's one of those people Jared we'll talk about this later in the show kind of the the Witcher TV series and whether they could be using some people that maybe you haven't heard of but if you watch a lot of TV or movies you might recognize she's one of those people that you can tell is really uh, starting to come up she was also in the uh, Waco miniseries um, with Taylor Kitsch that was about uh, David uh, Waco uh, (laughs) No, Waco, Texas. Um, David uh, Kush. No, no, no. Koresh. Yeah. Um, which is like the I cult know. thing. Um, she was like part of that cult in that show. So, yeah, she's like popping up and she's um, doing a really good job every time I see her. So, big shout out to Julia Garner, a young actress. She is 
Let's see how old she is here. Uh, not seeing it. Oh, you're looking her up too? Yeah, I th well, I think she is like that age. Um, for whatever reason, IMDB is not showing me. But yeah, she's about our age. She's a young gal. Um, and she has really knocking it out of the park. So props to her, props to Ozark and the showrunners and all that. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. And gosh, I mean, I feel the same way that I did at the end of last uh, season where it's like, holy fuck, how am I going to wait a year for this? But uh, the wait is, is well worth it. So loving that Ozark. That's all I got. Uh, before I hop into what I've been playing, uh, she's 24. So I was pretty close. 24. Yep. One year off. Um, so in terms of what I've been playing, I have uh, actually a bit of games to talk about. So first up, PUBG. Uh, it was the 1.0 release this week on Xbox. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. It's actually running really stable. It, they launched the new map, San Oak. They launched Achievements. Um, they launched the Battle the battle pass system kind of like how Fortnite has it's been on pc but it's these are all things that are launching now on xbox um the game runs a lot smoother it still has a little bit of that uh that PUBG, you know Charm. uh personality yeah um Jesus but to uh, to to way less of a regard um and like the thing that i'll always say about PUBG is that the intensity in a PUBG game is something that i haven't experienced in any of the other battle royale games i've played like that's just the important. pure intensity of those games, um, for better or worse, some people say that that's one of the reasons they don't play PUBG is because it is a little too intense for them. Which I understand. Oh wow! Do do can't yeah, do can't hang with the heat, kids. Get out of the kitchen. <laughs> I got a heart condition. Yeah. Um, whatever works for you, it's fine. Um, so that, that was great. It actually met my expectations, which is which is awesome. Um, Graveyard Keeper. So this is a game I've been talking about for a while. So you know, it's like Stardew Valley, except you 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 run a graveyard and trying to get your graveyard better. I've talked about before how deep this game is. I unlocked a new part of this game that I didn't even know was in it. This game also has a dungeon crawling aspect to it. Where wow. you where you craft swords and armor and you go and you try to go through numbered rooms uh, numbered 1 through 20 and they progressively get harder with new enemies. So wow. it's a simulation where you take care of a graveyard yeah. There's a whole cooking system in the game. There's a gardening system in the game. There's a fishing system in the game. There's a dungeon crawling system in the game. There's an alchemy system in the game. Like, this game is so, so deep. Like, the trees and skills and everything you can do, uh, the economy's really great. The economy. Um, for, I think this game's maybe like 20 bucks, 15 bucks. It's on Game Pass, which is awesome. Ah. Uh, okay. This is one of those games on Game Pass where, like, if I was a kid who didn't have a lot of expendable income and I got 10 bucks a month to buy Game Pass, this game will last you hours and hours and hours. A normal day, like if you don't sim or anything, probably takes about 10 to 15 minutes. But when you run out of your energy, you want to go into bed and regain your energy, right? So kind of like fast forwards through time. Given that, I've accumulatively played in game time over a year. <laughs> so over, Dang. you know, over 350 days. A lot of grades. I think I'm all, over 400 days. Um, yeah, but I recently found this dungeon crawling uh, mechanic in the game where, yeah, there's these different rooms and you fight these different enemies and they progressively get harder. There's like these like weird vampire creatures and different slimes and it's really cool the way this game opens up. Um, I'm really enjoying it. I don't even think I've scratched the surface on it. Um, I'm just really astounded by this game. It's phenomenal. I don't even know if it's fully released on PC yet. I think it's still one of those games that's, like, getting updates. Um, and the last game I want to talk about is The Messenger. 
So, this one's tough to talk about. Um, do either of you plan on playing the Messenger? I've thought about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those. I'm like, okay, so it's like, not my my Switch wish list right now. I'll, I'll say that. Your Switch yeah, list. Yeah, like this game. Switch list. This game to Ooh. me is like head head to head with Celeste. Uh, I've completed it now. I've beat the game. It is like so so good. Um, <laughs> my only gripe with it would be that I think it was like partially falsely advertised. Ooh. Um, thinking about a lawsuit, Jared. No, no, no. It's not a bad thing. But so, and I want you guys to be prepared for this because I don't think this is a spoiler. This is giving you guys the reasonable expectations going into this game. Is the messenger a girl at the end of the game? Does he take his helmet off? So, bloody's long the hair first, well. the first half of the the first half of the game is eight bit. The second half of the game is sixteen bit. And then once you beat the game, quote unquote, I don't even think it's technically beating the game, but you finish like the main story. Um, you don't really. It's weird. I've read on this, and it's like you you don't you don't get end credits yet. So once you beat the game, quote unquote, so is you this like now can uh, near automata, an automata. Maybe so. The first you half have of the game the is game eight like bit. five times, and that's the full experience. No, 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 no. Not necessarily that. So you, the first half of the game is eight bit. The second half of the game is sixteen bit. Then once you beat the game, you can switch between those worlds, and you go back, and it's it's now a Castlevania game where there's areas that were previously. So the areas that you played that were eight bit at the first half of the game are now possibly 16-bit, so it opens up new areas in those levels, and at the second half of the game that were just 16-bit, you can now go over and look at the 8-bit design of it, and there's hidden areas, you know what I mean? So kind of like, it's kind of like playing through the game twice, because you have the option, and it's about opening these areas you didn't have access to before. Um, The platforming gameplay is, like, phenomenal, it's super tight. The difficulty, this game is hard, (laughs) like... And I, I, I personally enjoy that. We've talked about how I, I, I love difficult games. And this game is very difficult. Uh, the last two bosses took me individually each about a good 30 to 45 minutes to beat. And it was all about pattern recognition and figuring out what to do. Um, because the later bosses really depend, and this is something I enjoy, really depend on you knowing the mechanics of the messenger. You can't just hack and slash your way through bosses. You have to be able to do, the main mechanic of the messenger is every time you strike an enemy or strike an object, you get an extra jump. And that's something you have to master by the end of this game, which I appreciate because it's telling you, no, you had to have by this point learned how to play our game to beat our game, you know? And uh, once you start thinking in that way of, you know, you have to beat this game in the mechanics that they've taught you over the course of playing through it. The boss battles become a little bit easier, but they're still pretty difficult. And the variety of bosses and the way things change up and the different kinds of attacks they throw at you are really refreshing. Um, it's it's a great game. Like, the fact that I've gone Hollow Knight, Celeste, and this all in the same year is crazy. Because they're mm. all tremendous to me. I haven't even beat Hollow Knight yet. I played a, uh, that, that game's way longer than both Celeste and Messenger combined. Um... But yeah, Messenger is fantastic. I would highly suggest you guys get it. The one thing yeah. I just, like I said, I wanted to warn you guys on is it's, it was kind of advertised as like throughout the game you switch back and forth between 8 and 16-bit. That's not necessarily the case. It's half of the game's 8-bit, the second half is 16-bit, and then it turns into a Castlevania game where you go and you, you go back and forth through time. Because that's the difference. The reason you're in 16-bit is because you're going forward in time. And that has mm. story ramifications. Oh, interesting. Um... Yeah, so it's not just changing the graphics. It's in 16-bit, you're forward in time. Um, so are you bringing a message really, through time? You're yes. You have a mess. You, you have a message, and there's actually a really. Cool boy, Dom. There's a really cool twist ending 
that has some slight meta comedic twist to it. Ooh. But it legitimately on its own is a really cool twist for the game and really funny. He um, takes his helmet off and flows his hair <laughs> and he's a girl. It's like Sam is from Metroid. And that's one thing I'll give this game credit for is that it knows what it is. Like a lot of times when you go to the shopkeep to upgrade, that's another thing when you finish the game, a bunch of new paths on the uh, uh, the upgrade tree unlock, so new stuff you can unlock. Um, it knows what it is and it makes fun of itself for it, but it knows the points that it does better than a lot of other games, if that makes sense. So it's 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 willing to poke fun at, at you know the tropes of video games like it, the 2D retro side-scrollers, um, 2D platformers. Um, but it knows what it's doing and it does it so well. Like, like I said, this, this, the controls in this game are phenomenal. Um, it's tough for me to decide whether or not I think this game is better than Celeste. I was I just going to ask. Very different. Though they're both 2D platformers, they control a lot differently. But they, how would I say this? You know how in Celeste, that game is, you have to know how how that game functions in order to make it through the later stages of that game, Dom. Like. You have to know how like the double jumps work and and your specific Celeste movement to get around like the very tight areas, especially like when you're climbing the mountain towards the end of the game. That's what this game is like. By the end of it, if you're not comfortable with the controls, you're gonna have a very hard time beating it. Um, and there's unlockables and secrets and twists and turns. Like I, I really enjoy this game. I'm still gonna go through and play and see how the Castlevania aspect really changes the gameplay to see if it's even worth playing after the fact because I've read both ways. I've read that once you get once you get to that point where you can go back and you know unlock areas you haven't seen before, it's not really worth it. But to other people, they're like that's where the game really gets going. So I'm, I'm kind of gonna play myself and see where I lie on that um, because it is so polarizing that aspect. In terms of reviews, this game got like nines and high eights and nines. So, no surprise. Very fantastic game. Um, I think it's probably so, going to get a lot of rewards at the end of the year if Celeste doesn't take them. It's like it's going to be a really close competition. Yeah, you were mentioning some of the other difficult games throughout the year. Celeste, Hollow Knight. Uh, have you thought about Dead Cells at all? Picking up Dead Cells? I haven't played Dead Cells. I, I plan to play it by the end of the year. But okay. because I haven't played it myself, I don't want to speak to it. That's another game that I'm going to probably add to the list by the end of the year. You I was going to say, if you're, another great game. if you're hankering for these difficult uh, platformers... Um, this is, I mean, it's very Souls-like. It's more, I guess, Bloodborne. But yeah, I think you'll, I think you'll enjoy Dead Cells, and I think I'll enjoy the Messenger. So is Dead Cells yeah. more? That's more focused on combat, right? Whereas Celeste is purely platforming. Platforming, like, yeah. Messenger and, and Messenger is between. Is, is, you yeah. played Hollow Knight, so Dead Cells is kind of similar to that. Okay. Except for it being a roguelike, right? Yeah, yeah. You just add yeah. in uh, roguelike where you, you know, it, it changes every time. The, um, the last thing I want to talk about, we mentioned it briefly before. I finished The Punisher. Fantastic. I was talking with Jordan before the show that I think it's on the cusp for me. I don't know if I would put Daredevil Season 1 or it ahead of it. I'm still thinking about that. I'm leaning Punisher um, just because it's like one of the biggest issues with Daredevil Season 1 is Foggy Nelson, the actor. He's not terrible, but he's not great. And he's obviously like <coughs> the, the second most important character in the first season of Daredevil. I mean, right. Karen Page is there too, I guess. You can make an argument that she's more important than him. But... Uh, yeah, the P- Punisher's so good. The acting is so well done. Like, obviously, John... People say that Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark, which I fully agree with. He is that character for me. For the rest of my life, I think whenever I think about Tony Stark, I'll think of Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal. And, like, John Berthold to me, I think at this point, is Frank Castle. Like, he yep. is just so good. Such a great actor. Um, I've talked about before, I think he's one of the few people in the Netflix shows that can make the jump to the big screen because we've seen him 
be in big Hollywood movies before. He has that star quality. But see, um, I mean, like, I think his name's Charlie Cox from uh, I, Yeah, I said one of the few. I didn't say the only one. Well, I'm just saying, like, I don't really know that there's anybody that couldn't, like, I mean... You couldn't imagine Luke Cage in a in a Marvel movie. You couldn't imagine Jessica Jones. Like no, I, I mean like I leading like... their own movie. Like not not appearing in a Marvel. Oh, movie. so you I think, don't think you're saying I think Punisher could be in his own MCU movie and people would would dig it. Yes, but people would pay to watch John Bernthal, Jessica, or uh, Luke Cage. Or yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to say they're acting. I'm saying they're. Their star power of like people going out to see a movie that they're headlining. I don't know if any of those other actors, as good as they are, can do that. I think John Berthal has enough, uh, as they say in the industry, clout and interest. People have seen him in a yeah. lot of other blockbuster movies. Um, yes, anyways. but I would just say that uh, at this point, like let's say they decided to make uh, a movie for each of the characters we just mentioned. I mean, people would just go fucking see it because the MCU has clout at this point, you know? Yeah, but then there's a whole argument of, like, how much are they going to tie into and stuff. That's a whole other discussion. Uh, anyways, so The Punisher. Love the guy who plays Billy Russo. We were talking about before the show that it's the same actor who appeared in the first season of uh, Westworld. He's, yeah. like, the friend who goes into Westworld with like, one of the main characters. He's in two um, as well. He's in season two. Okay, I haven't seen season two yet. Um, and he's a fantastic actor. The guy who plays Micro is great. Um it's just a well-crafted story. I think the book cap for the season is really good. The way it begins with a brutal showcase of Frank's ability to just kill everybody in his path. I mean, the scene where you see him snipe a guy from the United States into Mexico, that shot, that sniper <laughs> shot that he has, where mm-hmm. he shoots it, and then you wait about three or four seconds, and then the guy gets shot and dies, uh, and then it pans back, and you see how far away he was. Yeah. It's really cool. Really well done. And then at the end of the show... They really wrap up his character, and they finish the show in a way of, like, there was closure, but there is still enough there to be like, oh, if there's a second season, which we now know there is, um, there's enough threads there with Billy Russo and other characters. Um, one of the more underplayed actors that I don't think gets enough love when I was reading some reviews after I finished the show was the lady who plays Madani, who is the, um, the lead agent in the show. Um, I thought she was fantastic. Like I really liked her as an actress. Uh, wow. I would love to see her. Uh, I, I I would I was going the opposite way. Oh, I really enjoyed her. Like, I was I like, would really like to my, see her be like Queen Bee. My God, could you be more of a like tough broad in the bureau type of thing? Like I'm not gonna let any of the men get me down. I'm not gonna let any of like violence against me no way you know i'll be at the office tomorrow morning because i'm just hard-nosed like that i'm a hard-nosed fbi kind of gal i'm like all right uh i think she was more a more complex character than that especially all the scenes with her and billy russo of like how he used that to his advantage to basically manipulate her like their whole relationship was him manipulating her into not being that character and i thought that that was thin because i was like clearly that like but like before those two characters even like met or like you know they're they cross paths i was like this is clearly gonna happen you know i don't know i just yeah i just wasn't into her and i just i really i didn't love the actress but you know to each his own to each their own uh let's hop into the news because we're running kind of long here first bit of news isn't really news i just wanted to kind of go over spider-man since we're itching to play that game comes out tomorrow is the day of recording this so we're recording on september 6th um so it's currently sitting at an 87 on metacritic um anyway 
take it with a grain of salt. All your opinions of Metacritic, it's fine. Um, its review scores range from like the mid 80s all the way up to like the high 90s. There's even some outlets that give it like 10 out of 10s or like 9.8s and uh, 9s and stuff like that. Um, and from all of the stuff I've gathered, I've kind of like stayed away from actually watching any reviews because some people have been getting blasted for spoiling stuff. Like GameSpot apparently and Digital Foundry spoiled some major stuff in the game Ooh. during their reviews. I'm, so like I'm oh, like, oh, I'm so glad I, I was about to click on that Digital Foundry video, and I thought about like maybe I'll just listen to the audio because I wanted to hear them talk about how it runs and like you know yeah. the checkerboard 4K or whatever the fuck. But uh, yeah, and it's you know even in a, a video like that, they're not talking about story, they're not reviewing the game or anything like that. But you're just putting you know, footage, yeah, yeah, it's footage. It's you're seeing stuff that you wouldn't <clears> have seen until late game. Maybe he's wearing a Spidey suit that you didn't know about, you know, the Venom suit or something. So yeah, it sucks. In the in the Digital Foundry thing, it's specifically like a story thing that is a spoiler. You know, wow. the suit you can kind of get away with. It's like okay, that right. sucks. That you saw that, but it's yeah, that crazy. that isn't actually a spoiler, but it's like a Jordan spoiler. Like I don't want to be <laughs> like I consider that a spoiler for me and myself. Yeah. Like if someone showed me a suit, I wouldn't be like, dude, you spoiled it. But for me, it's, it's like, a oh, I don't want to know anything. It's a media blackout spoiler. It's for yeah. people who like yeah. don't want to know anything. Right. Um. So seeing all the news I've gathered. Um, at its at its worst, it's being touted as like the best Spider-Man game ever, which on its own is cool. Some people may be like, "Oh, what competition does it have?" But a lot of like the NeverSoft games and even the like Web of Shadows games, they were better than like average. They usually right. scored like in the eights and stuff, and people really enjoyed them. I would say those are like bar. swimming in sevens type of thing. Yeah, yeah. So it being the best Spider-Man game on its own doesn't really lend much to it. But even yeah. at its best, many outlets are considering it a real contender for Game of the Year. Obviously, it has very stiff competition with God of War. Um, but it's cool to see It's cool to see it meet expectations from all these outlets. Obviously, we'll have our own personal impressions when all of us jump into the game. But one of the things I personally am most worried for with games, and it's not just Spider-Man, it's games in general, is like, I'm worried that they're not going to live up to the hype. But then there's a second tier to that of like, I'm worried that they're not going to review well or people aren't going to like them. And then I'm worried that I'm not going to like them. So, like, Mass Effect Andromeda was a case where it really bummed me out that it didn't release to great reviews and great scores. But then once I was able to play the game after the updates and, and see it for what it was, I personally enjoyed it. So right. I was cool with that. Right. The The worst case scenario is that if a game isn't critically well received and then I also don't like it, it's like a double negative. Yeah. You know? Well, it so sucks. It's like, uh, we've talked about this before, but, like, from now on, Jared, when you bring up um, in discussions Mass Effect Andromeda as a game you like, you're kind of almost going to be expecting someone to say, like, oh, that piece of garbage or whatever. It's uh, like, yeah. wait, but did you play it after the updates? Did you play it after they fixed the tired Did face? you play it at all? Like, yeah, <laughs> did you play it at all? Oh, God, don't even get me started on people like, yeah, that movie's a piece of shit, but you haven't seen it, so fuck off. Um, but yeah, that same thing happened to me with Unity, Assassin's Creed Unity, where it's like, Dude, once they fixed... Because basically, uh, mostly what it was is their lighting was way too good in that game. Like, they, the lighting engine was just way ahead of its time. As was the whole, like, let's have a fucking 500 people stand <laughs> yeah. in the middle of this courtyard. And, like, look at all the movements. And they're all doing independent movements. It's <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. It's making this game run terribly. So once they, like, kind of fix the frame rate and stuff and the glitches... That's a solid game. I like the story. I like the characters. I love the gameplay. Love uh, being in Paris. So it's like, it sucks that every time I bring up Unity, we can't just have a discussion like, oh, what'd you think of that game? Oh, I thought this. 
it's like, oh, we got to tear it to pieces, even though we probably only played, you know, most people probably only played a couple hours, if that. So, uh, I just, I'm, basically I'm saying, I feel for future you, Jared. Well, and the cool thing is, so, I was super excited for the game. I know you were super excited for the game, Jordan, because we both are huge Spider-Man fans as well, outside of, like, video games. We just love comics, obviously. And I know you, Dom, you were you were interested and excited for it, but I, correct me if I'm wrong, not as much as, like, Jordan and I were, right? Like, you were, you were yeah, you guys probably, interested in the game, but... Yeah, I still really like Spider-Man. Like, those are my other favorite superhero movies besides Batman. Um, but then it's kind of after that where I sort of, like, trail off as far as superhero stuff but i'm into this like i'm ready and, and homecoming that movie was fucking awesome so I, I, yeah i was real hyped yeah. for this um and i'm ready for this style of game too um this kind of gameplay i'm like ready for that especially after all this well, damn dark souls i've been playing before we hop into the next news story the that. one thing i want to say is the the weirdest gripe i've heard about this game from people is that people have heard is, is that this game is the story for the game not including like side activities and stuff the story is about 20 hours and people are like for an open world game that's it and for me personally, I'm like, that's great. I'm cool with that. Like, 20 hours. That's I mean, long. I could even, yeah, I wouldn't even mind Dude. if it was like 15 or 12. Like, but unless some it's people the are fucking, like, unless it's the fucking Witcher, then I don't know what game you couldn't like, just do the critical path and beat it in 20 hours. Like, I'm talking about open world. Yeah, like, it's very weird like, to me. It's a any very Ubisoft, weird. Any, like any Assassin's Creed or Ubisoft game, you're telling me that you're just doing the main path of the game. And you can't beat the story in 20 fucking hours? No, that's totally normal. That's bullshit. That's puddles, is what it is, Jared. It's fucking puddles. Well, yeah, it's like, it's it's almost twice the length of Arkham Asylum. Obviously, yeah. Arkham Asylum isn't an open-world game, so it's a weird comparison. And I don't know the run times for City and, and Night, like, the not average. 20. It's like more yeah. than 10. Do you know how and hard it is to write an, a story that arcs over 20 hours? Yeah. 20 like, hours of story! Fuck off! I think we're on agreement. That's perfectly fine. Like, yeah, if anything, like, come we on, down, even dude. if it was shorter, like, who cares? Jesus. Um, the interesting thing for me going into Spider-Man personally is I've recently been playing the Batman games, obviously. So I finished Asylum. I'm still going through City. I probably won't beat it by Spider-Man com- coming out. It comes out tomorrow, obviously. Um, and I've played Night. Well, well played you just gotta finish th- up Spider-Man real quick, and then you can get back <laughs> to the important stuff. Yeah, I've played about a third of Night. And the interesting thing to me is, like, the reason Asylum's so good is because it is, like, closed off, and it isn't a huge open world, right? It's still very big, but it's not, like, an open world game. And that I think that lends how good that game too. is. It's that and, tight, perfect experience. And my problems that I'm having with City is that it just feels like a weird middle ground. And like I've said before, if I played these games as they came out and completed them as yep. they came out, yep. I'd probably feel different because I'm going from, like, Asylum to City to Night. But the fact that I've already played Night and then I'm I'm playing, going to finish City, it just feels like a weird middle ground. Like, I really like how, how enclosed Asylum was, you know what I mean? Yep. And I really love how open um, Night is. Anyways, yep. to my point... My question is, this game's obviously getting a sequel. Do you think the open world just gets bigger, or do you think it's kind of like the same map size, but it'll be more dense in the sequel? Like, how do we think when they make the sequel, how is it going to expand? I don't necessarily know that if it is a solid-sized open world with a good amount of things to do in it, that you'll need to change that. Uh, Yeah. I've, I've actually, before Arkham Knight came out, I went back on PC and played uh, Asylum in city all the way through again and yeah the first time i played through arkham city it's like oh damn this open world is fucking huge you know yeah even then knowing that it's only old gotham like you're not experiencing all of gotham city 
Um, but then playing it the second time, it was like, oh yeah, this is fucking timing. So I totally think it's uh, kind of like what we were talking about with Spider-Man, where um, the, the movie, uh, I guess last week, where we were talking about how I see it kind of through like the lens of the time, and you're kind of like, well, if it doesn't hold up today, dude, like I can't, I don't know what to fucking tell you, like it looks like shit, you know? <laughs> so um, <laughs> I did not say that about Spider-Man. No, no, you know what I Like, you were saying <laughs> yeah, like okay. the Green Goblin looks like shit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, like, I don't weird, know what to tell you. Yeah. The Green Goblin suit looks like shit, dude. I'm like, yeah, but back in the day. <laughs> so, I think that's the yeah. lens. I think that's the lens, which is, like, um, yeah, back in the day, it was a huge open world. And now, especially, not even just having played other open world games uh, from the future, I guess, uh, but having played uh, the future of that series where Gotham Knight does, or Arkham Knight uh, does open up so much. Um, yeah, feeling that like segment of old Gotham, I'm sure it feels really tiny, especially now. It feels like claustrophobic in a way. I'm not saying right, the game's right. bad. I'm enjoying City, but it feels like it feels like a weird middle ground because, like in Arkham Asylum, you know why it's not a huge open world is because you're stuck there, right? Right. You're stuck at Arkham Asylum, and then at night it's obviously Gotham. So playing City in retrospect, it feels just like a weird middle ground. You know, like a middle yeah. child. It just it it feels weird. Um, like a middle child. Do you almost say like yeah. a middle child? <laughs> well, it is technically. I'm gonna tell um, my middle brother, like, "Hey, you're all right, but you're just you're a half measure, dude." Like, <laughs> yeah, that's the Brady Bunch syndrome. Um, but yeah, so to my question, do what do you guys think they'll do? For, obviously, we haven't played the game yet, but we know it's an open world game. Sure. Like, how are they gonna for the sequel? How are they gonna change that? Is it gonna be scope? Is it gonna be like I said, depth? Like, what's gonna be the big thing? To get people excited for the sequel, you know? So it seems like, I don't know, from I've watched one review and then only listened to, like, Greg Miller talk about it a bunch. But apparently the story is really, really good and engaging, right? Like, all the characters. Which is um, great, yeah. And Spoilers! I don't, I, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm not, you know, as, I've only seen, like, actually, I didn't even see, like, the Andrew Garfield movies. Only the, the first one, and I, like, didn't like it. So You're I, fine. Yeah, so, yeah. like, I, I didn't yeah. even know, like who miles morales was i was like when that like popped i was like oh he's who? not in those movies right right right, right. So no he's saying in general like with spider-man he didn't know who miles morales uh, was. He's like, right i haven't seen those movies and i also didn't know who miles morales was yeah you're just not like deep into that lore right so like when he came up i was like why is everyone freaking out who's this like, hispanic kid or whatever i don't understand the <laughs> significance right um yeah. but apparently i mean from what i've gathered a little bit like I could just I think to answer your question Jared the next game maybe we see some other characters because apparently like you play sections as Peter Parker and as Mary Jane and stuff in this game so I think and maybe others that I that haven't been spoiled for me yet but I mean I could interesting right I could see the next game like you become to me the I don't know enough about Miles Morales or what he becomes so I'm not even gonna like attempt an ignorant He's, spoiler he is <laughs> peter parker from another universe like he is spider-man in his own the ultimate universe which is totally separate and then everybody liked him so much that when they were like finishing off the ultimate universe they were like let's just bring him over man and so they got that'd him be crazy okay so there's pro- there's potentially some freedom there where they could do something with him or yeah. again yeah that'd be cool maybe you become like you know you're in the venom suit for half the game or something to like change the mechanics really fundamentally or something like that so maybe like it's the same world the same size maybe more dense but like it's gotta be new york right yeah like they can't be like oh the second spider-man games in chicago you know that's not a fucking thing 
It'd be crazy if something prevents Peter from being Spider-Man. And this is all funny because we haven't even played the game yet. But uh, it'd be interesting if in the sequel something prevents Peter from being Spider-Man. So portions of the game you have to play as Miles because the only sections of the game you can play as Peter Parker are the Peter Parker sections. You there know? you go. Oh, You're trying to save him. Fill it up beakers and dumb bullshit like that. <laughs> well, not, not you know what I mean. It's like yeah, some definitely. interesting stuff. but Definitely. Yeah, I maybe think, they do uh, that. Yeah. We are yeah, currently cool. uh, headed into, we're in the middle of Edge of uh, Spider-Geddon. And so we're about to head into Spider-Geddon in the comics, uh, which is yep. um, uh, kind of a sequel to Spider-Verse. And basically what it is, is they're bringing, they're throwing like the kitchen, it's like a kitchen sink sort of thing. Like they're doing everything. In fact, they're bringing in so many different uh, alternate universe Spider-Man that the literal character, the version of Peter Parker from the video game, is going to show up in the Spider-Geddon yep. comic. So he's yep. actually going to be canon, Dom, like within the comics world, which is fucking weird. All wow. that to say, I think we could get like a Spider-Verse type of thing, or maybe even, <clears throat> I don't know if you know about this, but Spider-Island is uh, an arc where um, all of uh, New York gets spider powers, or maybe all of Manhattan, but... Um, everybody gets spider powers, and that's, uh, I think maybe how Gwen Stacy maybe originally gets her powers. All that to say, I think that it could be like a spider family thing, you know, kind of like the Bat family. There's enough characters now with Miles and Gwen and Spider-Girl, if you wanted to have that. Well, and then, like, we could all, like, save up and get the passes for Spider-Land, that new theme park, right? (laughs) And and then we could just, uh, have a little spider vacation, like... Spider Island, Spider Verse, like, come on, come on, Spider Geddon, fuck, like, some creativity flowing, guys. They do the same stuff in Batman. Don't sit here on your high horse and act like. I don't understand. I'm like astonished at the fact that Dom's so, like, obliterated by comic book bullshit. Like, have we not Uh, had this conversation, Dom? Like, (laughs) do I need to explain how dumb fucking comics are? So yeah, I'm just in a great way. They're dumb in a great way. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, good and the bad. Uh, I, I'm i not saying like we should go deep into like some alternate universe shit and like, let's go into the multiverse. I'm just saying, like, let's say... Like that Flashpoint seem... shit? No, 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 no. We're not doing all that. We're not like going back and changing the timeline or anything. We're just having extra members of, uh, you know, the Spider-Man family. I will say it looks like for this game... I've got to be honest, I've been a little bit worried. It seems like they're almost like blowing their load a little too early here because, um, you know, we get an E3 demo with all of the Sinister Six and you see all of them except for the last guy, which, you know, sounds like Doc Ock. It's like, you know, it's not like padded footsteps. Like, it sounds like metal on the ground. So it's like, we've seen that. We've seen Miles Morales teased. We've seen all this stuff. and so From stuff I've read, Jordan, there's characters in this that Spider-Man fans will know and love that haven't been shown, that are surprises. Right. Which I'm sure. Behind Batman, Spider-Man has the biggest and best rogues gallery, which obviously Batman takes the crown any day of the week, but um, the villains of Spider-Man are many, and like, even though you take the Sinister Six, and that's a big group of, you know, six villains, that's a lot of fucking villains. Um, there's still going to be tons and tons and tons more um, that you could pull from. But I just think that um, if you have Sinister Six and then you also have Doc Ock or Venom in the game, well, it's like then, yes, Jared, you're right. There are going to be things that we're going to see that we don't know about that we're still going to enjoy. 
But then game two and three, it's like, well, the well's kind of running dry, or you're having to bring back Venom for a second time, or fucking Rhino, and like, kind of dig a little bit deeper into places that like people don't care about as much. Yeah, I think that'll be an interesting conversation when we do our spoiler talk about yeah. this whole conversation. I think will be a lot interesting. Let's see, a lot more interesting. I will say. I think they basically said, like, Green Goblin's not in this one because, like, he and Harry are overseas doing some shit, so it's clear that, like, okay, well, they're saving that. We know that they're saving the Goblin, or I don't think we'll see, see the symbiotes either. Yeah, the symbiote won't be in this. So, yeah, I guess they could do a trilogy, because they're doing Sinister Six, probably, and I bet, like, Doc Ock's a big part of this game, and then, um, probably Goblin, or Hobgoblin, um, and then, um, you know, Venom or whatever. Third game. I don't we'll see like Craven either or Vulture maybe. There's some right. there's some ideas. Um, yeah. Real quick to your point, Dom. You said you've never heard of Miles Morales before. Do you know uh, he was actually teased in Spider-Man: Homecoming? You know when Donald Glover when P- uh, Peter Parker runs into yeah. Donald Glover and he's like, I have oh. a nephew in the city. Oh, okay, okay. The nephew. Okay. So the nephew is Miles Morales. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Donald Glover because is Don- the the Prowler. Prowler. Yeah. Which he's Jared called. Fucking shout out to Jared, dude. I remember watching the video where he explains it perfectly, and then I'm like, I don't know, Jared, that's kind of a stretch, and that's exactly how the fucking movie happens, dude. Which, usually I don't actually like watching those videos, because, like, uh, Force Awakens, Star Wars Force Awakens, it's like, well, I kind of knew the fucking movie before I even saw it, because people predicted it or whatever. But just that one little part, I was like, damn, Jared, you know what's up, dude. It's one of those things like, oh, yes, me reading comics actually paid off for this. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the last news story here, um, we're not running too long, so we should have some time to talk about it. Henry Cavill was cast as Geralt in Netflix's Woo! Witcher series. So uh, this is by Nelly Andreva over at Deadline. They broke this story. Henry Cavill has been cast as Geralt of Rivia in Netflix's upcoming Witcher series. Alongside fans, Hollywood at large was surprised by this move uh, that Cavill made. He's currently Superman and is coming off a great performance in Mission Impossible 6 Fallout. Uh, many of these people feel that he's trading in big roles he's potentially opened up for himself through Superman and, obviously, Mission Impossible. Uh, Cavill is a noted giant nerd and gamer, and actually was reported as almost missing his casting call from Zack Snyder, letting him know he landed the role of Superman because he was raiding in World of Warcraft, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, during the Mission Impossible 6 press tour, Cavill had expressed interest in his love for the Witcher series and said that playing Geralt would be a dream role of his. Um, because this is right around the time that the Netflix series was announced and Boss Logic had made the fan art of him as Geralt. So it was like, the, he looked really good as it, obviously, because Boss and Logic nails that stuff all the time. Did you see, so you showed me the tweet from the producer, or was it the director? I can't remember. I'm going to get into that shortly, yeah. Well, did, are you going to get into like the tweet from, what am I, a tweet or post, whatever it was from Henry Cavill himself? Oh, yeah, well, I'll mention that About right his after. address okay. change. Oh, man. Yeah, so... Um, Lauren uh, Hisrich, who's a showrunner and writer for the, the Witcher series, who actually has done work for The Defenders and Daredevil on Netflix nice. as well. Um, so she has a history there. Um, yeah. She said, he was my first meeting. I didn't have writers or scripts yet, just a green light and a lot of passion. That was four months ago, and I've never forgotten the passion he brought. He is Geralt. He always has been. I'm so thrilled to welcome him, Henry Cavill, to The Witcher family. Which that's awesome because if the showrunner and writer notice the passion that this guy has, yeah, it's awesome. That's um, hype, dude. Like, there's nobody, and, and I mean there there probably is somebody, but like the <laughs> way he talks about this shit, I'm like, 
there's there's no way there's another actor of your caliber that knows this much shit about The Witcher. They're just can't. <laughs> yeah. like I, I couldn't fathom it. So it's it, he knows what the fuck is up. Well, yeah, and then uh, like I was saying, he did an Instagram post saying my new address is, and he gave out an address for yeah. Geralt. And then at the end, he said, I might not be there, you know, monster hunting as it is. Right. Um, and he just. I'm really happy that he has as much passion as he does for this. People like to give him shit. I don't. I really like him as Superman. I don't think Superman in the DCEU is bad because of Henry Cavill. Absolutely. I think there's not. a lot of he's other factors. Yeah. Um, he's a fantastic actor. I haven't seen Mission Impossible 6 yet. You have, right, Jordan? Yep, yeah, it's good. He's yeah. good in the movie. Yeah. And so I have a couple of questions for you guys real quick. So first of all, this Hollywood criticism, is it justified? You know, is is it really the smaller role in the long term? You know, they're saying like, oh, he's trading in because whenever you take a role, you're taking time away from another role you can be playing. That's how it works. Sure. And a lot of these big Hollywood people, reporters and stuff, just feel like, in a positive way, I guess, they're like, man, Henry Cavill was building up this great resume. We wanted to see him be the next big it thing in, you know, Hollywood movies. But, but he decided to pick this Netflix series. So, like, what do you think about that? I don't think they're saying he decided to pick this Netflix series, Jared, because... It was 10-plus years ago when Hollywood actors started saying, you know, I could make a little less money doing TV, but it'd be way more fulfilling as an actor. It'd be, yeah. you know, uh, just a lot better situation overall, and especially if you're already established, like, you know, Kevin Spacey going into House of Cards. Obviously, his situation has changed. But even Robin Wright, <laughs> yes. even Robin Wright. Oh, um, love Robin Wright, yeah. There's so many examples of, like, Hollywood actors that we're watching in our Netflix shows, our AMC shows. Um, you know, these HBO, like the prestige television has had Hollywood actors for years and years and years now. Like that, there was a transition where it was like, oh, Hollywood actors are in TV shows now. But that was about 10 or 12 years ago. So what's happening here is those Hollywood reporters are saying really what, what it is, is, oh my God, I can't believe he's doing a video game adaptation. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I thought think... he was actually going somewhere because you wouldn't say to Robin Wright or Kevin Spacey, hey, you're doing House of Cards with Netflix. You know, Netflix is only <laughs> yeah. online, right? They don't even have cable broadcasts. It's like, fucking, come on. Nah, Jordan, yeah. I think I think you have a good point where this is just like another another example of, yeah, like streaming, like Netflix, uh, is, it's, it's becoming more legit. This is just another right, example. And right. like, it's yeah. like, you know, when players uh, in sports leagues or whatever start going to a certain team or whatever, it's like, yeah, they suck until like, but some guy has to go there. And then right. someone else will go there, and then they get good, right? So now Netflix <laughs> right. gets exactly. good. Well, you know, basketball is a good example. It's like we need five guys. We have zero good ones. Well, you right. get LeBron James, start with one. and that boots you up a lot. Like, that's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, like, and then eventually, like, yeah, Jason Bateman is doing his own Netflix show. Maybe there's a different situation right. there, but I think that's kind of equivalent. Like, he's been in a bunch of big movies, mostly comedies, but maybe right. it was kind of the same thing where he wanted something more serious and couldn't find that on the big screen and so he did Netflix I don't know but yeah I think well this, I mean Arrested uh, Development was 15 years ago when he was doing that oh shoot man I forgot about that show <laughs> yeah. but well, that's yeah that's what I'm so saying I, though is we've had Hollywood actors in these big TV roles for years now and so I definitely I, because we were doing the same thing Dom five years ago with comics it's like oh that big actor like oh Rachel McAdams is going to be in Doctor Strange Benedict Cumberbatch he's such a good actor why would you go and do that you know it's like Oh, okay. it's kind of the same thing going to superhero movies. Yeah, it's like yeah, Brie Larson. Why would you choose ago. Captain Marvel? Yeah, like, now no one's saying Oscar. shit to Brie Larson because we've gotten over that hump. And in yeah. 2022, when Ryan Gosling is, you know, playing the dude from Heavy Rain or what the fuck ever, then no one's going to say Jordan. shit to him. 
But now yeah. they're like, oh, comics? Comics are cool now, I guess. But video games, those are still not cool, man. Yeah. So, Jared, it's, to it's answer the... your question, I think we, me and Jordan both think that people from Hollywood that are saying shit like that are just wrong, I guess. Yeah. Well, and the crazy this is an entourage. Yeah, like what? Is he not going to get paid enough? You guys worried about his fucking salary or something? Like, I literally, just think eat a dick. You guys hit the nail on the head. I think it's that they don't respect the material, and they're like, oh, you're doing yeah. that. Um, yeah. And the funny Which, thing is people forget, like, Millie Bobby Brown is going to be in the new Godzilla, which looks fantastic. She came from Netflix. She was on Stranger Things. Like, Stranger yeah. Things made her career, you know? So and it's what, like... What's important about weird. this is, to me, they haven't said shit about the video games. This is a book adaptation. Yeah, you know, this is point, a fantasy actually. novel adaptation. Yeah. Like, the, at what point does it like? Yeah, The Witcher got popular off of the games, but like, they have never said anything. This is not the Castlevania Netflix series, is I guess what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, wonder... I think though that most people are going to watch it. Most people that are our age are going to watch it because of the video game, not because of the books. Oh, absolutely. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, um, older people are just going to see it on Netflix and watch it because it looks interesting. Um, yeah. Sorry, Dom. What were you going to say? I cut you off by accident. Well, yeah, it's kind of a bit, kind of questioning what you're saying. Like, I wonder, you know, which has more popularity, the Witcher video games or the books? And oh, then, the, the games by the far. Games. Okay. okay. All right. The reason I, the books, I figured, but I wasn't sure. The reason the books got translated to English was because of the right. Games. Yeah, like. Dom, we okay, don't we, even yep, have, we talked about it. There's yeah, there's one back. book we still don't even have in English. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that makes sense then. So definitely, you're you're definitely right then. Yeah, about people who watch the show are going to watch it because of the game. This goes back to our conversation of the fuck boy who wrote the books, um, who's uh, right for all he's intents all and purposes is just a douchebag. Like every interview, he's snotty, and every time he pops yeah. up in the public, it's like this fucking guy again. Dude, I wonder. You would not have like. Yeah, you're pissed off because you sold it to him for a flat rate and you didn't get shit off of your property. But it still resulted in a shit ton of book sales for you. It still resulted in a Netflix adaptation, so maybe you should shut up. And it's yeah, useful. So I'm coming research. after a lot of people this episode. I've been telling people to shut the fuck up the whole episode. <laughs> yeah. What were you going to say, Dom? I was just going to wonder, too. So, like, did he sell, you know, all his... Basically, what does he get out of the show? Does he have any... Influencers, he just he probably just sold royalties. the rights to a interactive video game, but he's probably still got the rights for like movie and TV adaptations. That's what I wondered. Yeah, I bet. Who knows? He didn't seem very smart at the time for the rate he got for it. He might have just sold the rights to different people, and then yeah, now that it blew up, he's kind of upset. That's it could be he's just curmudgeon. Yeah, I don't know. He's certainly, but a he's curmudgeon. it's not like he's getting. Yeah, yeah it's so dumb. Yeah. Um. Anyways, getting back to a different aspect. Uh, so what I want to know from you guys, you kind of inspired this question, Jordan, in our conversation through our messenger, uh, when this news broke, what are your guys' expectations for this series? And like, what are your wish lists? Like, what do you want to see? Um, and throwing that this in there, do you have any like dream castings potentially for any characters? I I've never finished the Witcher three. I played a good amount of it, but I never finished it. I think you two are more qualified to talk about the expectations, wish list and dream casting. So go ahead. Dandelion. That's like my... It's it's obvious he's gonna be in this because he's like the most ridiculous character in The Witcher Three, um, and in the though I I only read the one book but he's in that book too and he's just the most he's got the most characters all I'll say. Um, so well, I think what he is he's, he's a, a great he'll be in the show. He's a great counterpart to Geralt's uh, gr- uh, like his gritty serious you know like hard boy yeah. type of deal. And Dandelion is, you know, literally takes the name of a flower and is this, um, 
what do you call him? The guys that sing songs. He's the bard, right? He's a bard. He's a womanizer. He owns his own bar. Like, he's the creative, you know, free flow. He's like, it's kind of like chaos versus order type of thing. You know, so, yeah, he's he's just such a great counterpart. Yeah, so I'd definitely like to see him, and I assume we will. Um, And then, obviously, like, I want to see Yen and Triss. I think that's got to be a big part of, that's got to be, like, a main part of the show, right? (laughs) Yeah, the drama. Right, some some drama there, and whatever that ends up being, the details, you know, not important. But I assume that both of those characters would be a big part of this. Um, And then how, like... I don't. Know, I just want them in it because like they're interesting and like the uh, all the witches or sorcerers or whatever in this with this world are really that's that's a whole interesting thing, man. There's just a lot, but those are kind yeah. of the two I think. Uh, Siri, I don't know. I don't know if I assume that she's a, she'll be part of it too. She's the central part of the books, like the entire saga. So she's gonna have to be. Okay, so I I've not gotten far enough in the books then because uh, so I'm assuming she'll in, be. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, she'll probably be the main narrative thread, and then the drama of the episode to episode will probably be Triss and Yennefer, right? No. Trying to figure out that whole relationship while Geralt's still trying to figure out that whole thing. Um, and then, more than anything, though, the last thing the last thing I want to say I want, I think we'll all agree, we probably all would have said this. I'm just going to say it first because I'm uh, a, you know, a snide little asshole. Um, is like each individual <laughs> episode is – I want like great side stories with different things yep. going on in the world oh, yeah. that are – that are you know uh, isolated to that episode for the most part, or you know a couple episodes or whatever. But like just like in The Witcher Three, where the side quests are just brilliant, and even so, like yes. you know, part of the branches along the main quest are just brilliant, and the writing yes. there is phenomenal, and you're just fully bought into that shit. Like that's yeah. that's what this needs more than anything. So I think that uh, obviously this is not a weekly show, so you can't have a weekly monster or monster hunt. But I think uh, episodic or like every episode having. A different monster that he hunts down. Uh, it doesn't have to be like literally every episode, but pretty much every yeah, episode. I don't want too much like... formula, though. But it could be no, to no, different no, no. extents. Like one episode could be like the 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 monster is the crux of the episode, and other times right. it's just like a side part that is yeah, okay. means to an end. You know, what yeah, I mean? there so could literally like... be there could literally be a time where they're like you know riding their horses down the road, and Geralt just takes a sword out and throws it. And then it just into a monster, and then he walks over and picks it up, and they keep going. Like it just—I just want to see lots of monsters in the show. I want to see Garrett haunting them down. I want to see him putting oils on his sword, taking different salves and potions. Because a big part of The Witcher, they de-emphasized it a little bit in the third one, but uh, especially in the second one, um, they like for you to like prepare for your battles and like get your equipment already and like put different uh, modifiers on there for like just this specific battle. Um, so I'd like to see him do that. Um, you mentioned Dandelion. I would love to see them. Like, I would like it if Dandelion and Geralt are in every episode. You know, maybe maybe like Dandelion that, yeah. goes off and does his own thing every now and then. But, like, those are the two main characters of the show. I would love that. Um, and then I mentioned, let me look at, I kind of gave you a little wish list here, Jared. Um, I want to see the Scoia'tael, all right? So they are uh, elven revels. Rebels, I should say, not revels. Um, with a V, and they uh, like hide out in the woods. And uh, the Scoia'tael, uh, Scoia'tael is elven for squirrel. So they're basically like like little hunters in the woods, and um, they're kind of like a uh, guerrilla warfare type of thing. Uh, so like Yorveth, he's uh, one of the leaders there, and he's in the games. I'd really like to see him and his Scoia'tael, and then uh, kind of. Uh, branching off of that, I mentioned uh, Brokolon, the Forest of Death. 
which is home to the Brocolon Dryads, uh, which are trippy green huntresses. And, uh, like, this is a place where you don't want to go if you're a human because you'll just get hit with... Like, they say something in the book where it's like, you'll hear the arrow, like, a millisecond before it hits you in the throat and you're already dead. Like, this is, like, a place that you don't want to fuck with unless you have an escort like Geralt does when he goes there or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, these are, like, trippy green, elvish, druid, dryad, whatever the fuck you call them, uh, ladies. They're, like, huntresses. Uh, so those are really fucking cool. Um, and then there's a big emphasis on uh, witches and obviously magic in The Witcher. Uh, but like there's the Lodge of Sorceresses, which is like a group, yeah. like a council of witches that they talk about in the books. Um, and they're trying to like basically uh, handle the situation that's going on with Siri Because basically she's like a super powerful being is the reason that like everyone wants to get, like take control of Siri like... Um, because she's, you know, almost, they treat her almost like a commodity, basically. And so, uh, I'd love to see the Lodge of Sorceresses with, uh, Philippa Eilhart, and, uh, Triss is a part of that, Yennefer's a part of that, um, Sheila de Tankerville, um, Kira Metz, there's, like, a lot of these witches are in, uh, the games, especially two and three, um, but I'd like to see them in their live-action form, sitting down at this, like, council table and all these witches. You know, it's only female witches in the lodge, so... There's just a lot of cool lore stuff in The Witcher that I want to see them touch. And then there's a lot of cool, uh, more base-level stuff that I was talking about with, like, weekly monster hunts would be really cool. Obviously, the romance, you know, choosing between uh, Yennefer and Triss is kind of the main option there. And then, of course, the whole Siri storyline, which is more of, like, the you know, power dynamics, political, Game of Thrones type shit uh, for that universe. Let's go. Um, this is hype. I'm just ready. Yeah, dude. This is one of those things that, like, it got announced, and it's been years since we've heard anything about it, and I have put that, like, way far back there in my brain, because I'm like, I am going to be way too excited for this shit, and I just need to, you know, temper my expectations. I think, for me, you guys had a lot to say. Before we close up the show, the last thing I want to say is... Uh, it's fine. It's perfectly fine. Well, I, I guess you, you were really like, I'm excited about too. You were kind of leaving it up to us because you haven't really fucked with The Witcher too much. Yeah, the one thing I want to say is that for me, my castings, from what I've played for Triss and Yennefer, these are only my suggestions, so don't berate me. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone has their own opinion of what they want. Uh, for me, I would love if Karen Gillan played uh, Triss. Yeah. Karen Gillan is obviously Nebula. Uh, she's also from Doctor Who. Um, yeah. She, I think she has the ability to bring that physicality that you'll need to the role. Um, Absolutely. For Yennefer, it's interesting because for her, I could see her being played at, by a little bit older of an actress, not too old, but like I could see like a Charlie Theron or somebody of like that right. age where they right. maybe read a little bit younger, or I could see somebody in their twenties. I think that she could read either way on mm, screen. So. I think she's got to be at least mid thirties. You think so? Okay. Yeah, Triss is like the young gal that he's having fun with, and Yennefer's like that that uh, you know the kind of the one that got away, the one that he's always chasing. Like that's his like. His, uh, you know, um, my, top level gal that he's going after, I guess. My dream casting for Yennefer would be Megan Fox if she was a good actress. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> okay. If she was a good actress. If she was a good actress. Dude, you know? okay, shout out to her. She did, uh, she was a series regular on New Girl for multiple seasons, I think. And I was like, where the hell have you been, Megan Fox? Like, she was great, dude. For no, like, she had no business. It was, like, weird as fuck. But she, like, <laughs> yeah. fit into that, like, ensemble cast really well. 
and she was funny and she read her lines really well um so i honestly think that megan fox is like probably a better actor than the transformers movie or you know whatever you've seen her in probably uh belied what's the name of the actress from princess diaries that was also catwoman in the Um, trilogy oh you mean uh anne hathaway yeah. What see, about her okay. or Jennifer? No, see, no, here's the thing. And this is like, I won't go too far into this because this is like some deep psych shit, but uh, it's like the type of girl, like, Anne Hathaway is a very pretty woman. She's a very beautiful woman. I don't yeah. see her as being like hot and sexy and like voluptuous. Jennifer needs to be fucking voluptuous. You know what I mean? She needs to be like a fox. And uh, Anne, Anne Hathaway is just like, oh yeah, she's a very pretty, beautiful woman, but it's just like... You know, she's not like. Uh, I get what you're saying. Not like necessarily somebody pretty you're or seductive. Over. You need to lust over Yin. You know what I, I mean? I gotcha. Yeah, I gotcha. Um. Anyways, that's been our show. Hopefully, I, I can't. I want to hear now that the balls dropped on Geralt. I want to hear more casting news. Yeah, I want to yeah. see who they end up casting for all of these things, and yeah. I want to get casting news for some of the not so popular characters. Like, so obviously, you guys are really interested in Dandelion, which a lot of fans of Witcher would be. But to the normal person who's heard of The Witcher, they know about Geralt, but they don't know who the hell Dandelion is. Right. I'd be cool to hear that casting news. Obviously, um, there's other, there's going to be other Witchers. You know, Vesemir, oh yeah, who is uh, series kind of a Witcher in herself, actually, based on how you choose to, the path you choose in the game. But um, Siri gets raised by the Witchers, and so she's got a lot of that vibe. And then uh, Vesemir is his mentor, um, Lambert, and there's a bunch of them. So yeah, that would be cool. Thank you guys for listening. Let's get into what we've been playing, what we're going to be playing, real quick. Spider Man, obviously, um, and I'm not God sure what I'm going to be starting up next. Uh, yeah, you're going to be playing God of War. Uh, now that I've finished uh, Punisher, I don't know what I'm going to be watching, but yeah, Spider Man for sure, and uh, Messenger as well. What about you, Jared, Jordan? If you could do me a favor this week, and just sometime, if you could give away an hour of your time to watch Ozark season one, episode one on Netflix. Oh boy almighty. I think I think since you don't like Breaking Bad, if you don't like this, then I'm going to be like, "Oh, you just don't like this type of show." You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it, it's like the whole money laundering like underground black market type of stuff. Um So I'm hoping that um since this is a show that's similar to Breaking Bad, but it's different at the same time, maybe this will be exactly what you're looking for. Yeah. But uh, I would give me playing turn. Um, I don't know, man. There's nothing of import coming out this week. You know, it's just uh, probably, if I'm being honest, I'll probably go back to God of War 2 just because it's, it's a way more important game than anything coming out these days. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. we probably won't have Jordan next week to give his Spider-Man impressions, but yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. obviously have a spoiler cast once we've all finished the game, and he'll talk I'm about sure it. I'm sure we'll be talking about it. I mean, we're still talking about God of War, um, you know, months later. Um so I'm sure we'll talk about it forever. But yeah, very, very pumped for Spider-Man. I'm so pumped. Um, obviously, the story is going to, I think, is going to be great. At least it's going to be, you know, interesting, I'm sure, because Insomniac knows what the fuck they're doing. The gameplay is going to be great because they know what they're doing. The environments, it's going to look good. It's going to sound good. But, you know, I'm excited for the small things, dude. I'm excited to be just, you know, having some of those times where you're like in between side quests and you're not really fucking with the main story, and so you're just swinging around Manhattan, or like the moments where you find, you know, Jared, you're talking about how we're fucking comic book nerds, so we're gonna get some of these Easter eggs that they're putting out there, you know, 
can't wait for that. Um, like, I better see Boomerang mentioned at some point. Captain Boomerang? <laughs> yeah. Or no, Captain no, Boomerang. No, just Boomerang. Just Boomerang. Just DC. Boomerang, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like... Um, there's just going to be a lot of stuff that I know that I'm going to really enjoy that uh, is stuff that you can't necessarily uh, pinpoint. It's not like, oh, I'm really excited for the combat or something like that. You know? The so small moments, yeah. The exactly. moments in between moments. The moments yeah. in between, yeah. And just being Spider-Man and swinging around Manhattan and being up, you know, jumping up on top of uh, a fucking building and just kind of hanging out there and doing the the... The Spidey pose or whatever, you know. I just can't wait, man. I'm so excited. As big as suits and upgrading, oh, it's gonna be great. As big as superhero movies and TV shows have gotten, the the video game realm have kind of been on a drought. Outside of like the Arkham trilogy, there hasn't been like any like solid actual superhero games. We've had Sunset Overdrive, which is for all intents and purposes a superhero game, but it's not a licensed superhero. You know. Well, same with like Infamous or whatever. Exactly. I think that. we it's crazy, Jared, how long this aftermath of the uh, like this uh, aftermath of license games has yeah. just drug out so long. Like people are so skittish to jump back in because of the way license games ended up, you know, just being exploited. Um, and so it's weird how long that is lasting because yeah, it's like holy shit, these properties are just going to waste, man. You guys could be printing fucking money out here. So hopefully that changes. Interesting thing is from what I've heard, Marvel games, their actual plan, their long game plan, is to release a AAA title every year. Jesus. So what do you think? You think we're getting Avengers next year? Uh, no, that's they said that's that, that, that's their initial plan. They don't know if that starts with Spider Man or if that starts with Avengers. But people speculate that we're gonna get Avengers, and then the next year or a year and a half after, we're getting that Guardians game Guardians. from uh, the Deus Ex developers. What's their name? Uh, um, you're t- not Crystal, but uh, Idas. Idas, yeah, Idas Montreal. Um, thank you guys for listening to our show this week. If you can, please leave us a rating on iTunes. It definitely helps us, helps us move us forward and have other people listen to us. If you can, subscribe to us on YouTube. Every subscription helps. Even if you don't watch it on YouTube, if you listen to it on iTunes or wherever you listen to it, Google Play, it definitely helps as well. You can follow us on Twitter at CTRLINT. I try to post all of our latest uploads there. You can follow me at Jared underscore. I usually tweet things about comic books or uh, Drake having ghostwriters. Uh, you can follow Dom oh, at Dom's Oreos. Um, he usually likes my tweets about Drake having ghostwriters. And you can follow Jordan at Melomotis. It's good. It's it a good, good one. It's a good one. Um, Which, like, you know, people still need to be giving him shit, and that's not as much of a thing anymore than it was, you know, like two or three years ago when people were really talking about it. So I'm, I'm yeah. glad, Jared. I'm, I'm appreciating that you're out there fighting the good fight. Fighting the good fight. Anyways, For whack-ass we'll MCs, next- bruh. We'll fight, we'll fight the good fight. We'll catch you guys next week. Dom and I will have our impressions on Spider-Man, and uh, Jordan will be back the week after that. So catch you guys next time. Bye.